0: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
1: We don't like to dabble in gossip here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio, but the streets are saying that Jordan Poole dropped a big old bag on ice spice on a very expensive first date. Maybe it's the reason he's not playing well. Either way, the Golden State Warriors are in a 3-1 hole as they host the Los Angeles Lakers tonight at Chase Center. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Courtney Cronin, Jordan Cornett with you on this Wednesday afternoon as always presented by Progressive Insurance. In all seriousness, Jordan, this game and the weight of that is on the Golden State Warriors to right the ship tonight to get back in this series. They fortunately are at home. They fortunately have a little bit of history on their side. 19 straight consecutive playoff series. They have won against West opponents. Still feels like this could be the end of it all for the Golden State Warriors in this dynasty as we know it. If Jordan Poole doesn't show up, if Klay Thompson doesn't show up, if Draymond Green, if Stephen Curry doesn't get the help he needs to help win a game in the series.
2: I, I just – look, they might have a chance – not have a chance. They're, they're heavy favorites to win tonight. I don't think they do, but they're expected to. Let's say that happens. I don't see any way they get to a game six in L.A., go in there and win that game to extend this to a seventh game coming back to Golden State. And so I've been very critical of Jordan Poole. I made mention of, you know, dude got paid, made mention of, you know, his beef with Draymond Green early on in the season. Maybe that's impacted him. Maybe he's just not that guy. And you could call that knee jerk. I'm fine with that. But when you look at this group, I could easily say Jordan Poole is the second most important player to this team. And I'd put him right there with Clay Thompson. Why? Because – They are supposed to provide that scoring pop. Clay, as that starter, the heater coming off that bench in Jordan Poole, is supposed to continue to provide that punch. He was brought in to be that bucket getter. He's not providing that. And here's where I'll bail out both Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson. Maybe it's the construction of this team. And people might say, what do you mean? Well, they lack a a guy who, who challenges a defense at the rim, a guy who can be that presence down there Or a guy that's another scorer in a screening situation that can pick and pop. Right now, when you look at this team, you worry about who? You worry about Steph. You worry about Clay. You worry, duh, in past tense, about Jordan Poole. What you've seen here is Steph be Steph. He's otherworldly. He's a unicorn. We haven't seen a talent like that. No matter what's thrown at him, he's going to figure out his way. Clay Thompson has lost a little bit of his fastball and we continue to talk about the bad shots Clay's taken, why is he taking them? Because there's nobody that the defense respects to run off. You're slacking off a guy like Kaminga, who's supposed to be a threat at the rim, who is not. Kavon Looney is no threat at the rim to provide scoring punch. And Draymond Green can mask a little bit of that, but he's lost his fastball a little bit this season as well, too. So then you look at Jordan Poole and say, you're asking a young guy to create, generate shots that have a defense lagging off and can apply full pressure to him, which equates to bad shots. Same for Clay Thompson. And then you've got an anemic offense that is struggling to find ways against an elite defense in the Lakers. There's a piece which I never thought I'd say, but they're missing guys like Otto Porter, who could challenge and make that defense have to guard them to alleviate some of that pressure for these shooters to deliver outside of Steph Curry. They don't have that. They're easy to defend Maybe they get past game five here, get it back to L.A., but they don't win in L.A.
1: They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm with you. I think that tonight, being heavy favorites at home, knowing how be- how much better they play at home, this could be the Clay Thompson seven-three-pointer explosion that helps keep them in this series. But with this thing potentially going back down to Los Angeles, if they win tonight, I don't think they get past the Lakers in six. This has had an ounce of finality to it. The entire season, wondering what's going to happen for Draymond Green, really dating back to the altercation at practice. And I know some people are going to still chalk that up to the fact that, oh, you know, things happen. Like, you would have loved to have seen what the 90s were, like, in practice between, you know, Bulls players and what have you, and, like, thinking that that's okay. I think that that's very much... Showing you what's going on That was a microcosm at the beginning of the season For a team that just won a championship And that hasn't gone away The friction between Draymond Green, Jordan Poole The undoing of the Internal core of this roster And it 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 very well might be a reason why no one other than Stephen Curry has consistently shown up on this Golden State Warriors team. We know he's a one-man wrecking crew, Jordan. We saw it up close in Game 7 against the Sacramento Kings when he went for 50. He needs help, though and unlike previous years where you could count on Kevin Durant to be a terrific running mate for Stephen Curry to to lead help lead this team to two cha- to a, two championships he doesn't have that consistent secondary piece with him anymore. Klay T- Thompson had 9 points the other night. Jordan Poole played 10 minutes in game 4. 0 points. If it doesn't come from Curry, I mean, you can't you don't necessarily know if you're going to get that from Andrew Wiggins every night. I mean, he is, you know, for 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 how difficult it is to defend Curry on the pick and roll and the role that he played in that final basket Wiggins that is to to set up Curry for that. I feel like they don't really have a whole lot of options offensively outside of their best play. And frankly, if that's what you're really asking the Los Angeles Lakers to defend and defend heavily, that shouldn't be the hardest task for them to be able to take the biggest element away for Golden State and then walk away with a series win.
2: Courtney, I think it's interesting when you look at a Warriors group that has had Hall of Fame hits and talent that they have found coming out of college and have developed into what they have. I mean, look at their big three in Draymond, and Clayton, and Steph. And then you look at this new wave that they've ushered in. And James Wiseman was, proposed, provo- was supposed to provide that punch at the rim for them, that scoring that scoring piece, that rim protector, that versatile guy, James Wiseman's a, a piston now. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga has proven not to be that guy. Moses Moody, Jury's still out. Jordan Pool, you've seen it in the regular season, but you're at a crossroads right now with just how low he's gotten here. And all these pieces that were expected to provide to keep the dynasty going, as you've looked at, you know, the Bulls with Michael Jordan, and Scottie Pippen, and how they brought in different things to make it work. The Warriors have done that to a degree. They won a title last year. So let's not forget, they have stretched this thing out. But to think that there's more juice in there with what they've done, there isn't. I just don't think Klay Thompson can come back and be that next year. I don't think Draymond Green has much more to him. And I think you don't know at this point who Jordan Poole truly is. This feels like it to me with Golden State. And does it end here in Game 5? Or does it happen in Game Six in LA? But one thing's for certain, the end is near for this group in this series versus the Lakers.
1: And Draymond Green, as you brought up, a central part of that. We know that he can opt into his twenty-seven point six million dollar contract, or opt out and become a re- unrestricted free agent. There's been a lot of conjecture that the Golden State Warriors don't care about any of the antics or him getting suspended or anything like that, and that it'll be fine. Like He's still in high regard, held in high regard by this organization. But financially, can they make it work? There will certainly be some juggling to do with that if he decides to opt in and stay there. It's not a given that the Golden State Warriors are just going to run this thing back. But Marcus Thompson, columnist for the Athletic Bay Area, was on with Jordan and I earlier this afternoon, expects Draymond Green to be in the fold with Golden State beyond this season.
2: Draymond is so like central to this.
3: My, I think they end up saying, let's run it back. Like, like In the end, they should be a really good team. They should be a title contender if they had one other piece who was working, who was clicking, they'd be fine. So in the end, I think Steph, Dre, and Clay go say, hey, man, give me one more piece and run it back. Uh,
1: I, don't know, I don't know what to think about that. I feel like this is – it carries the vibe that if they don't win tonight, they're undoing this roster. This is not the same feeling around the Golden State Warriors as it was after they won a championship, where it's Steph, Clay, and Draymond – and then you had a young core that you could rely on, like, hey, they've got next. It's James Wiseman, it's Jordan Poole, it's Moses Moody, it's all these players. And then we saw how this play out. James Wiseman isn't even on this roster anymore. So how do you – do Do you agree with Marcus there? I
2: don't even know if, if – I think a part that it wasn't presented by Marcus too is Draymond Green opting out and wanting to go somewhere else. I mean, that's a piece of this puzzle too. I, I think stories when they come out, I'm not trying to be a drama king, but I think stories when they come out like Draymond Green wanted to, you know, go watch LeBron in his historic moment becoming the all-time scoring leader. Like, the timing of those stories coming out and and, and what they mean, I don't know where they come from, but it just says more to me, like, I don't know. is this Is this a thing where this relationship, not fractured, not going down that path at all, but maybe it's just – a time where Draymond wants to maybe go play with LeBron. Maybe Draymond wants to try and prove that he can do it elsewhere. Maybe the Warriors feel like they're better off starting to turn the page because they need to protect the franchise and where it's going, not rather than try to stay there and squeeze the rest of the juice out of what simply doesn't have the juice anymore. I, I think if they would have hit on some of these younger talents, which aside from feeling confident Jordan Poole can probably turn this thing around, they haven't hit with the other ones to make this feel like They're a one piece away. There's no Kevin Durant coming for the Warriors. So, to me, I feel like this is the end for Draymond Green, and I get it for a guy like Marcus Thompson. It's probably hard to fathom with him covering this team for as long as he has and seeing what Draymond means to them. That doesn't change. Draymond Green's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, whether you like it or not, with what his numbers are and maybe how he approached the game. But I just don't see how this team is formidable and can truly chase a title. Again, I thought it was remarkable they did it last year. I think the ship has sailed.
1: Tim Kawakami of The Athletic had a conversation with Steve Kerr back in March where Kerr told him that this is, quote, not the last dance. And, of course, Kerr was part of some of those teams in the documentary that we all watched during COVID about the Bulls dynasty coming to an end. Quote, that was made clear in Chicago, and meaning back in 1997, that was going to be it. Phil was done and everybody's contracts were up. That was going to be it. That's not the case here at all. I know that Joe Lacob would love to keep this thing going. He's been incredible in his financial commitment to keep this team strong and relevant for a decade. He's always committed to that. So I think there's a really good possibility that we keep things going here. That was Steve Kerr to Tim Kawakami of The Athletic back in March about how much longer this thing can go on what we know about the golden state warriors and what we know about the bigger idea about the way that they play basketball playing small ball going small with small lineups i wonder if the playoffs have taught us anything about the idea that like having a dominant big is coming back in the nba that that's a direction where the los angeles lakers have an advantage the phoenix the um denver nuggets have an advantage certainly the the I keep saying Phoenix. I want to say Philadelphia with the 76ers with Joel Embiid. I feel like the the rest of the playoffs and especially the series that they've been in, but elsewhere it's kind of poked holes in the strategy that the Warriors have and had to be a dynasty, to become one, become relevant for 10 years. Like do you am I wrong in that? Like could you see them like in what's going on just with the with the state of the NBA today and how basketball is played that their style's just not going to be applicable if they want to win another championship?
2: No, I think it is still applicable, but I think like a guy like Draymond Green, look, I think they're hoping that he opts in so they can go ahead and trade him because I think that they understand there's still a value to Draymond Green in certain places. I mean, look at how we talk about a guy like P.J. Tucker, what he's done for the Sixers, and Draymond Green means way more than P.J. Tucker. That's no knock on Tucker. Tucker's a viable piece. It means a lot to the Sixers and does it without scoring. Draymond Green – is Hall of Fame caliber without putting the ball in the basket. So there's a belief that he can make perimeter players on another team better with how he facilitates, distributes, with the intangibles that come with him. Like it or, like it or hate it, he brings a mental toughness and a championship acumen. There's going to be a market out there for him. And I think with the Jordan Poole thing, with you know just just Draymond Green and, and how he approaches it, I don't want to say it's exhausting because I do think that they covet his presence there in Golden State. But I think that they've made a clear commitment to Jordan Poole and him being a part of their future. And if they feel like Draymond Green is any impediment to that, Draymond Green has said this too. He understands it's a business. He doesn't want to tinker with a luxury tax, understanding what his value could be out there. I think this is one of those situations you might see both parties amicably with the respect between them understand the best way to do this may be ushering other ways.
1: All right, so that game is the second game tonight, Lakers-Warriors. You can listen to all of it on ESPN Radio. Coverage presented by Indeed beginning 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on most ESPN Radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
0: The NBA playoffs.
4: Into the Jimmy, driving right baseline. He flips it around for two more. He has 26.
2: We're just playing hard and playing together, but... um. We just got to continue to play hard. We dance. We
0: got to play hard Um, when we go up to New York. Continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs.
1: Courtney Cronin, Jordan Cornett with you on Canty and Carlin. I'm convinced that the Warriors stay alive tonight, that they're able to grab a win at home and go back to Los Angeles for Game 6. I am not convinced that the New York Knicks stay alive tonight. They are coming up here in a couple of hours. They host the Miami Heat at home. Madison Square Garden, where they are in a 3-1 hole, currently, Emmanuel Quickly has been ruled out for Game 5, not too surprising after the injury he sustained in Game 3. Sounded like it was going to be something that would take him more than a game to recover from. Do you see this the same way? Because I know that we're both riding high in the Jimmy Butler train, as as are most people who have watched his playoff intensity in the postseason, particularly with this Miami team. We saw it during the bubble. We've seen it continue on last year. I feel like this Knicks team lost its identity because it was snatched by the Miami Heat, and they have been so shook by what they've seen from a hobbled Jimmy Butler that no matter what happens, no matter what they try to do to regain that identity, I think it's gone.
2: I think it's gone, too. And I, I think where it truly disappeared was when you watched the Knicks get obliterated on the backboard in that fourth quarter when Miami was creating generating third and fourth fourth uh, chance opportunities against a Knicks team that is known for having one of the best offensive rebounders in the game in Mitchell Robinson. Miami seemed to do everything better than the Knicks. They've out, out-nicked the Knicks in separate categories throughout this series toughness, loose balls, we'll win those. We'll do it more than the Knicks. Offensively being efficient, we'll do that more so than the Knicks. Now the backboard, oh, we'll do that better than what the Knicks do. And the thing that I've talked about time and time again with the Knicks is their ability to score in isolation throughout the regular season was how they were winning so many games. They were winning those one-on-ones consistently. That's not happening against these defenders for the Miami Heat. This is a group that is locked in, that's taken away basically the DNA of who these Knicks are. And they've out-toughed them, that being the overarching theme of this entire series. And I've covered Jimmy Butler when he was in Chicago. I followed his career at the other stops along the way, you know, in in, uh, Minnesota and Philly and now ultimately here with the Heat. And what I know, and I know a lot of people do about Jimmy Butler, is that dude sees blood in the water, he sees fear, and he strikes. I don't believe the Knicks fear him. But I know these Knicks aren't as confident as they were in this series early on. Jimmy's ready to go into New York, take their hearts. I remember him sitting a few games ago when he sat out and he was in the street clothes. Knicks won that game and they are going crazy in the garden. Remember when I cut away to Jimmy all those times? Yep. He was smiling in his street clothes. Just had that, 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 that look of like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Wait till I put that jersey back on. And when he did, it changed. All I see now is Jimmy walking right into the garden, the famed garden, and taking the hearts of the New Yorkers and closing out this series.
1: Hoping he will be able to do that, the Miami Heat are, the way that he did it in Game 5 in Milwaukee, and that the Miami Heat will be able to wager on another day, wait for their opponent from the Philadelphia-Boston series to figure out who they'll be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. You're right, though. Like This was a team that was just outside the bottom 10 in offensive rebounding during the regular season, And they beat the Knicks at their own game. That fourth quarter is where they turn just enough second-chance points to keep the Knicks at length. They finish that game off 109-101 to take a commanding 3-1 lead in the best-of-seven series. That game coming your way just before Warriors and Lakers later tonight. Straight ahead, will anyone... Other than Stephen Curry, show up for the Warriors. What should we expect from Clay Thompson as well? That's coming up next here on Canty and Carlin. Courtney Cronin, Jordan Cornett. Jordan's got this word first from Indeed.
2: If you're gearing up for hot summer hires, then stop making candidate cold calls and hire with Indeed. Their powerful all-in-one hiring platform makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. With tools like Instant Match, the moment you sponsor a post, You'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can then invite them to apply, schedule, and conduct interviews, all from the Indeed website. To learn more, visit
4: Indeed.com credit. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
0: He's got a James screen to his left, he uses it, he drives, puts up a
3: runner that's good. Lonnie Walker has been the fourth quarter story for the Lakers. Long two is on the way, and it's good from Lonnie Walker. My goodness, Reeves corrals it, but that's the end of the game. The Lakers were able to dribble it out as the Warriors didn't even try to foul, and the Lakers take a
2: 3-1 lead over the Golden State Warriors. It's the playoffs, it's a long series, you know, just be ready for when my number is called.
1: Highlights courtesy ESPN Radio. That was from Game 4, where the Lakers earned a 3-1 lead over the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference semifinals. They now look to close out Golden State. On the road on Wednesday night. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin and Jordan Cornette sitting in for the guys. Pleased to welcome in Mark Kestisher, ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer, who will be on the call later this evening for Lakers and Warriors. And we've been forecasting whether the dynasty is going to end, Kesty, tonight if the Golden State Warriors lose. But let's let's before we get there, let's look at let's look at Stephen Curry and then everyone else, someone, anyone, needs to step up and and help Steph tonight so he doesn't have to go into superhuman superhero mode, which we know he's capable of doing. But who is that guy in Game 5 for the Warriors?
3: Courtney, Jordan, good afternoon uh, from San Francisco. Yeah, that's the big question. I mean, we saw Steph go for 50 in Game 7 on the road at Sacramento and, um, you know, Put away the kings there tonight it seems like the obvious answer is clay thompson i know clay has a history with game sixes including in that uh, epic comeback down 3-1 against oklahoma city seven years ago so he may have to dial that digit back from a game five to a game a game six to a game five performance uh he's obviously capable he obviously did not play well um you know we've had a lot of discussion on the uh shot types that were taken in the fourth quarter Not good looks, uh, but Clay, last time they played in this building in Chase Center, had 30 points and eight three pointers. So to me, uh, he's the first guy you got to look at. And then among the the myriad of other guys um, amongst the team right now, that really all season hasn't had the depth that we have seen from Warriors teams in the past. Uh, I, you know, inexplicable the slump that Jordan Poole is in right now. I got to look. For him coming off the bench that first rotation, you know, mid-first, five minutes to go in the first to see if he could see one go through the basket and get out of this awful slump he's been in since game one.
2: Yeah, and that's where I want to take it, Kesty, because we've talked so much about it, is Jordan Poole. I mean, 30 minutes game one was efficient, 7 of 15, 6 of 11 from 3, 21 points. Uh, Fast forward to the last game we saw him, game four. 10 minutes, zero points, 0 of, 4, 0 of 2 from beyond the arc. Uh, how important is Jordan Poole, and do we expect to see him 20 plus minutes and actually producing tonight?
3: No, uh, we're going to talk. PJ Carlissimo and myself are headed into uh, Steve Kerr's office in a couple of hours, and uh, that's one of the topics I have written down on my notepad. Is first to get a feel, because uh, we're jumping back into the series. Uh, you heard Dave Pash on the call in Los Angeles for game four. Um, just to feel, it, it seemed to me watching it on television that you just ran out of patience with Poole and you wanted to try something else, and Moses Moody, a name that not so many are familiar with, but a second-year guy who's only 20 years of age, but everyone you, you talk to on the Warriors always talks, he, looks like, he acts like he's 30, he's very uh, mature, they trust him, and you obviously have to go back to Poole, and the question will be, how much patience do you have to get him? to that 20-minute mark without him putting the kind of pressure on himself that you really haven't seen. I mean, he plays with a little too much reckless abandon for me, but, you know, he still scores 20 points a game. He'll shoot you into some games as well. So, uh, you know, fascinated to see what Steve's answer is on that when we query him in a couple of hours.
1: Mark Kestesher and P.J. Carlissimo are on the call for Game 5 Warriors and Lakers coverage beginning 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I know Steve Kerr has had to tinker with his lineups because Kavon Looney was dealing with an illness a couple games ago. Is he still sick? What's his designation going to be tonight?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I checked in with uh, the Warriors earlier today. Um, I, I think he's fine, I think they um, you know, like the lineup going a little bit smaller in the beginning, and they'll still bring in Looney for his rotations. I think his numbers in Game 4 were right about, um, I think, around 12 minutes or somewhere around there. Uh, I'm interested to see if there'll be a different tact taken. I mean, we saw Steph Curry's pick-and-roll numbers on offense go sky high. If, if I'm not mistaken – I think it was the most pick and rolls he initiated in a game this year. It was it was somewhere north of forty, maybe close to forty five. You know, a lot of that, uh, you know, was hunting to try to get the matchup, try to get Anthony Davis out of the lane, try to get some more space. And I think that's you know obviously been what Steve Kerr and his staff have been going for to go away from Kavon Looney, who in the Sacramento series three times had over twenty rebounds and has turned into a you know real good facilitating big man, offensive rebounder. Um, so I, I think he's close to, if not 100, but I, I do believe it's more strategy, the reason that he has not been in there at the start of games for most of this series.
2: Kesty, the Lonnie Walker game was kind of the payoff of what had been building in this series for a guy who found himself out of the rotation Quietly getting back into it uh, in, in Game Three with the 24 minutes, 12 point output, but nothing quiet about the 15 in the fourth and uh, and the then the win being the difference in game uh, Game Four. Excuse me. Uh, do we expect to see a lot of Lonnie Walker tonight for the Lakers?
3: I think we'll get some cameo there. I mean, you're Mister ACC Jordan, so I, I find it <laughs> fun to watch to watch uh, Bruce Brown score 25 last night for Denver. And I I remember doing a Miami-Duke game a number of years ago, and it was Lonnie Walker and Bruce Brown. And I remember thinking, and I'm totally derailing our conversation here, I I couldn't remember why that team didn't do better in the NCAA tournament. And then today I went onto YouTube, and I forgot Loyola Chicago hit a game-winner in the first round to beat walker and brown in miami and knock him out of the tournament. I don't know why I just derailed you there but I that's how I spent a little <laughs> bit of my it. afternoon was rewatching that game.
1: Warriors, Lakers coming your way, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio. Candy and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Round out your protection with life, phone, and pet health insurance. Kesty, before we let you go, we've talked a lot about the dynasty potentially ending if the Dubs end up losing tonight. What's the vibe around this team today at shoot-around? Does it reflect anything of like nerves realizing this could be the last time this group is together?
3: I think um, I think from a media perspective, and probably from a fan perspective too, you, you, you always want to know like what's the moment for the last dance. You know, like we saw with the Chicago Bulls, and all contractual signs pointed to the end of the Bulls in 1998. And it's a little different here because Curry's at the beginning of a long extension, uh, Clay's got another year, Draymond can opt in for another year. They can you know try to package him and and move him on and I think that would signal the, the beginning of the end of the dynasty even if you just lose Draymond Green but you know the feeling is you know they've got 200 million dollars in salary from pretty much this entire core coming back for next year and then will it be the same GM as Bob Myers going to be here at the end of his deal Steve Kerr reportedly has a year left on his contract so we're coming close to it I don't think from their side from the player side because they have so much confidence in themselves. And, you know, we look at it from a three-game perspective. Oh, there's no chance they could win three straight games to win. And, and you know, as an athlete, you're just looking at tonight's game. Let's get to game six in L.A., see what happens. Oh, they the Lakers better win game six or they got to come back to us. And, you know, the whole thing kind of spins in a whole different direction. Um, you know, so I think there, there are parts, uh, whether it's media and fans that are wondering if this is it. But there's also a part of me that thinks ownership is so involved financially and they're way over the luxury tax. They're paying so much money for this team, it's ridiculous. To have a second-round exit, you know, certainly won't make them happy. But they've got Steph Curry at the beginning of a long extension and you feel like until Curry is done, you know, the dynasty can still ride. So I think, um, I think it might be premature, but fascinating nonetheless.
1: They're hoping that they will still have another ride in them after tonight. The Golden State Warriors looking to win another game in their series with the Los Angeles Lakers. They currently trail 3-1. to one. Kesty, we'll be listening to you later tonight. Appreciate it.
3: Thanks, Kesty. Good being on with you. Good being on with you both.
1: That's Mark Kestescher, ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer, on the call for Warriors-Lakers Game 5 out at Chase Center. Coverage beginning 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations. Straight ahead, our play of the night. Plus, the Chiefs are hosting the Bengals on New Year's Eve in the AFC Championship rematch. You're going to want to hear what the mayor of Cincinnati had to say about that. That's next, Kenny and Carlin.
0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Time to earn some cash.
1: The taste of money. The smell of wealth.
0: Canty and Carlin's best play of the night.
1: The taste of money. Courtney Cronin, Jordan Cornette with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Canyon Carlin is always presented by Progressive Insurance. Two more Game Fives coming your way this evening. The Knicks hosting the Miami Heat, hoping they can extend this series another game. And the Golden State Warriors back at home on Wednesday night against the Los Angeles Lakers, both teams in a 3 1 hole. So, Jordan. Let's go through your play of the night. Do you have one for the Knicks, or are you like me and you've written the series off completely and think that Miami's going on to the Eastern Conference Finals?
2: Oh, look, Courtney, it pains me to say because I've always enjoyed the Knicks, even when I was living in the Midwest uh, in, in Ohio, didn't really have a team there living in Cincinnati, and I always enjoyed being uh, the guy who watched Michael Jordan and loved him, but I love John Starks, I love Larry Johnson, Anthony Mason, Pat, you and Derek Harper, all of them. So when I moved up here to the East Coast, becoming a Knicks fan and being able to watch them out here in, in my uh, adult age has been great. I want to see the Knicks advance. I love Coach Tibbs, knew him personally in Chicago, but it ain't going to happen. I know they're favorites here at, at home to extend this thing, but it's Jimmy Butler. It's a Miami team that is eight and 8-2 in their last 10 games. That knows exactly who they are and how they want to play. Give me the Miami Heat as three-and-a-half-point dogs to win outright. That's right. Miami money line. This group is outnicked the Knicks at every turn. They're the tougher group. They're guarding better. As of the last game of that fourth quarter, they're beating them up on the backboard. They're the more physically tough, mentally tough team. And the most fierce competitor on the floor is Jimmy Butler. He's going to bring that group in there, that heat culture, and they're going to take the hearts of the Knicks on their home floor in the garden. Give me them to win outright.
1: All right, so taking the Miami Heat on the money line. That is the first game tonight. Heat and next, followed by Golden State and Los Angeles. You got any plays for that game?
2: Uh, uh, look, this is this is what I think. The Lakers are eight-point dogs here in this one on the road. I just I could see the Warriors maybe airing them out here. Uh, but I, I I don't think that's likely. I, I truly don't. I think with the matchup, and if the Lakers come in there with the approach of greed and let's not wait for this thing to get back to L.A., certainly not go with the approach of Greeny's outlandish belief that they should rest <laughs> themselves. I don't even think Greeny was fully serious when he I said don't either. that. Um, but but here's the thing. If they are come in there locked and loaded and greedy and want to take it, then I think they can win this game outright. And if I believe that the Lakers can win it outright – Give me that cushion. I'll take those eight points, and I'll bet the Lakers to cover.
1: There you have it, the play of the night from Jordan Cornette. Now it's time for three and out.
0: Sometimes it's the worst. worst, worst. Sometimes it's the best. Bad, best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out.
1: Three and out. Brought to you by Union Pacific. Get your career on track with Union Pacific Railroad. Apply at up.jobs/sports. Courtney Cronin, Jordan Cornette with you on Canty and Carlin. Know your role and shut your mouth. That was the message that Travis Kelsey had for Cincinnati Mayor Aftab Pureval, <sighs> who lovingly. Named Arrowhead Stadium, renamed Arrowhead Stadium, Burrowhead Stadium. And that was ahead of the AFC Championship game last year. We know he had to eat his words. So this is now the mayor of Cincinnati with new offensive tackle Orlando Brown announcing the Bengals and the Chiefs Week 17 game.
4: The Bengals play the Chiefs Week 17. And I've got nothing else to add. And cut. Cut. How was that? Yeah, I think that was better than the last time.
1: Well played, Mr. Mayor. Um, This is a rematch of the AFC Championship game. It's happening all the way in Week 17. Jordan, our resident Bengals fan here, not so happy with this one?
2: Uh, You know, I'm not, and I'm on a text chain with my buddies. Uh, diehard Bengals fans, and and my brother John Crumdick said it best when he was like, there might not be any juice in this game by then. These two teams may have clinched the Bengals and the Chiefs, and at that point the game may not even have the players that could truly decide this game in a postseason performance even playing. They might be sitting out, they might be resting. Bigger than that, it's a missed opportunity because it could have had a ton of juice week one. Give me Joe Burrow, give me the Bengals, give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in that rematch, build up this rivalry, hit me in the head week one, Missed opportunity. Don't like it.
1: I would have loved to have seen that as the Thursday night opener as well. was hoping that was coming out with the schedule. Full schedule release tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We got to get out of here. Joe and Amber coming up next, followed by Heat and Nick, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Enjoy the games.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.